Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. We had talked about genealogies with Jesus, and as I had said earlier, some genealogies are uh, extended and used in full. They become quite boring, I think. Some are, you pick and choose the important men in the genealogies, but I would like to emphasize the women with short biographies of each one uh, to follow. They are Tamara, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. They're very unusual women to have women even listed in the genealogies. All four had unique, un uh, understated marriages, and some of them were really Gentile women brought into the house. Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law, and her husband died, and consistently his brothers died. So in those days, uh, if your husband died, the next brother would take you on as a wife. I know that's a little bit different standard, but this is the standard they had. And Judah had one son that was left, and he was young, and when he was grown up, uh, he could become the husband of tomorrow. Judah said to her, Go live with your mother and father in your widowhood. So she put on widowed clothes and began to live with them, and she waited for the time when the promise would be completed. But as he grew up, uh, Judah did not offer him to be her husband. Judah's family was in mourning because Judah's wife had passed away. And after the time of mourning was up, uh, he was going to go to the shearing floor where his sheep were being sheared, and he was going to take care of some business. And he took a friend with him. And Tamar was told of this, him going to the, to the place where they were going to take care of uh, shearing the sheep. And she took off her widow's clothes and put on a veil and sat in the road waiting for him. The story gets kind of spicy, so I want you to know that ahead of time. So Judah passes by and he sees her and he says, well, she's a prostitute. I'll take advantage of her. And 
Tamar says to him, what will you give me for my service? And he said, I'll give you a young goat out of my flock. And he said, what, she said, what guarantee can I have? And he gave her a seal with a rope connected to it and his staff. And of course, when she got this young goat, then she would hand these things back to him. So Judah's friend goes to the place where she, he's to give this property to what he thought was the harlot, and she wasn't there. And he said, well, Judah said, she can just keep the thing she got because that's all there is and I don't know what to do other than that. And then he turned around and found out that Tamar was three months pregnant and he was going to take her as a public example and have her burnt alive for her transgression. And she said, do you know who this seal belongs to and who this staff belongs to. And Judah said that Tamar was more righteous than him. This was not the end of the story. She had twins and at the time of birth, one of the, the twins put out his arm and they wrapped a, a crimson cord around his wrist and the other twin came out first and the second came come out the crimson cord throughout the old testament into the new testament has great significance it has significance of redemption it has significance of explaining the blood coursed trail to the cross and our redemption. The story has to do with Perez being the older and he carries the bloodline for the genealogy all the way to Jesus. We look at the next one in the line of the genealogy which was Rahab. She was called Rahab the harlot and some translations say Rahab the innkeeper. Uh, I don't know. But I do know she had private uh, accommodations for strangers. Joshua was about to conquer Jericho and he needed the spies to go in and check it out. So they're on the way and they run into Rahab and Rahab takes them in and hides them and then she makes a declaration statement that is to be understood as like a conversion statement. She said our nation is full of fear because of you. Our nation is shaking because of you. Because we have heard what happened at the Red Sea and what happened to the Egyptians 
and what happened to the Moabitess people who were in your way and you conquered and devastated them and now you've come here for us. But she said, I know that your God is the true one. He's the God of heaven and earth. He's the God of strength and power and he's with you. And I want to serve him. If you have a declaration statement, the Lord can hear you. Declaration statements can be because you want to be born again. You want to trust the Lord. It can be in other areas. You may be sick and you want a declaration statement declaring God is our healer. You may want a declaration statement saying that I am poor and in need of resources and you make a declaration statement before the Lord. The Lord is your prosperity. You may make a declaration statement in other areas of your life. You're maybe unlearned and you want to learn and you make a declaration, God is my wisdom and my knowledge and my, my understanding. All the kinds of declarations you can make, the Lord hears them and he appreciates them and he loves you for them. So what happened then was that night she laid down a cord. The cord was laid down. Uh, her, her window was on the wall, on the wall around Jericho. And so she laid them down and they went on their way and she said, hide out for three days until the people that are searching for you are given up and come back into Jericho. And then you go on your way. But remember me and remember my house. And they said, here's what you do. Lay down a scarlet rope, a rope of preservation. Lay down this rope. And when we conquer, have all your relatives, your your father and mother, brothers and sisters, and all of them within your house. And you will be preserved. Joshua took in that whole family. It had to be quite large, but that family. And they lived in, in with Joshua and all of Israel until she died. But she had a child and that child was in the lineage. The story of Ruth is a different story. It's talking about the Kingsman, kinsman redeemer. And it's dealing with Naomi, her husband, and her and her two sons went to Moab to live because there was a famine in Bethlehem at the time. And when they went there, Naomi's husband died and then her two sons died, leaving her with two Moabitess daughters-in-law. The daughters-in-law loved Naomi, but Naomi decided to move back to, to Bethlehem. She had no reason to stay because her family was devastated. She said, I live in the land of the gall of bitterness. 
God's about to change that bitterness into joy, but it's going to take a little time to get it done. So they end up going they end up going to go to Bethlehem and he, she releases both her daughters her daughters-in-law to go back to their families and eventually find new husbands and continue their lives so Oprah decides to go back to her family with much weeping and refu Ruth refuses to go. Ruth says, I'll stay with you, and I'll go wherever you go, and I'll be wherever you are at, and I'll be with you wherever you go and wherever you're at. I'll be with you when you die, and I'll be buried where you're buried, and I'll stay with you continually from this moment on. So, during the weaving of the time, they get in contact with a man named Boaz, and Boaz is to marry Ruth. But there is a, a problem. There is a kinsman redeemer, because they have to redeem the inheritance for Naomi's husband. So, to do that, they have to go to court. The court was at an open street place where the public could see it and understand it. And the kinsman redeemer said, I can't do it. I'll pass the obligation to you, Boaz. And Boaz says, I will take that obligation. David is on his rooftop and he sees Bathsheba bathing, and he takes it into his house. She's married to Uriah the Hittite, and in the process of time, Bathsheba becomes pregnant with David's child. So David wants to cover up his mischief, and he asks Uriah to come back from the the battle they were in in a war with another group of people and he refused to go into his wife he said while my army is out there fighting i will not go in and rest i will stay here and give you a report of the battle but i will not go in so david does another bad thing it's evil. He gave Uriah a note and in it to Joab in charge of the army and he said put him in the worst place in the battle so that he dies. And the, it, the information comes back that Uriah has died and he lets Bathsheba mourn the custom of mourning and when it was over he took her into his house and made him his wife. This was a stain on a good man's reputation. It was, it was calculated murder in many respects. But Bathsheba at a later point had a child named 
Solomon. And Solomon was in the line. I'd like to come to an understanding that these stories are raw and they're not kind and easy and sweet and fluffy, but they're explaining life's tragedies and life's conditions to a great degree. These women were posted into, the, into these uh, stories because they were important in the line of Jesus. So I'd like to pray. In Jesus' name, I pray that these women would be example of what your mercy and your grace can do, what your peace can do, what you can do in spite of our flawed lives, in spite of what we can and can't do. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethroughthebible.org.